Hey everyone, does capitalism get you down? Does the constant pressure to be productive get to you? Are you tired of being a cog in the machine? Productivity porn has created a business around making you think that constantly being productive will lead to a fulfilling life. However, this mindset has created unhappy, anxious, and burnt out people. On our podcast, we aim to entertain by providing useless information just for the joy of it and giving you time in the day to stop the gears of capitalism. And if you're thinking, what's the point of this podcast? Then we invite you to be part of the revolution against toxic productivity by embracing the useless things. Welcome to episode 28 of the Very Unimportant People podcast. Do less. My name is Lydia, and this week I was overrun by caterpillars and may have accidentally committed caterpillar genocide. Ew. <laughs> it was Ew. so gross. I feel like it's justified. <laughs> And my name's Courtney, and this week I saw orcas in the wild. Oh my god. Aren't they technically called killer whales, or is that not technically their names? That's not technically their name. That was like a name. I remember, I think I did a grade five project on orcas. And if I remember correctly, the name killer whale was given to them as like, Almost like a nickname, like a mean term, because people thought that they were like vicious creatures who were really deadly. But in reality, they don't really kill humans ever. They kill like seals and stuff, but like, who doesn't? So does every (laughs) big mammal in the ocean. Yeah, fuck the seals. (laughs) Big animal in the ocean. So I don't think they really deserve the name. So they're called orcas. Yeah, okay. Cute. So cute. Where did you see them? Jumping out of the water? No, I went camping. Set the scene. We were, yeah, so we were at a campsite. We were right on the ocean. Um, It was super quiet. We found like a private campsite where there was only one other person there who was a little weird. (laughs) He was an old man who looked like he was Mm. living out of his car. Oh. Um, I'll get into that after. But we were sitting (laughs) on the beach and I heard something, and it sounded like the, you know, like the breath that they make? Yeah. So I heard something like that, and I was like, wait, is there? And I looked out at the water, and you could just see their little, like, fins, like, dipping in and out of the water. And oh every few God. seconds, you could hear them, like, making a breath. Oh, that's so And we were, beautiful. like, freaking out, and we were like, there's orcas. But we could see, like, the other shore of the camps the campsite and nobody else could see them like everyone was just like going about their business like cooking their food making their fires there was only one other old man who was like standing and watching the orcas so literally no one saw them but us whoa that's so magical and they just passed by and then i didn't take my eyes off of the ocean for like the rest of the weekend because i was (laughs) convinced i would see more yeah did you no oh well at least you got to see that magical moment yeah, but then when we returned to the campsite, we had left our car keys on the table by accident, just really not thinking anything of it. And when we returned, the old man was, like, running, like, through our campsite with all these, like, jugs of water. And there was a river kind of behind us, so I was just assuming that he was getting water because there's no, like, facilities at this campsite. And then he, like, ran back through our campsite and literally, like, threw all of his stuff in his car, like, tore down his tent so quickly. And this was, like, 4 o'clock 
like in the afternoon. What? It wasn't like early in the day or anything. Like tore down his tent, threw all of his stuff in his car and like literally sped away. <laughs> so he really convinced that he stole something from us. But all of our stuff was there. And I really have no idea why this guy left in such a hurry. <laughs> but it was weird. It was strange. And like the campsite that he was on, there was a bunch of like, like, bird feeders and little statues that have been like built out of stone and like painted and oh. it looked like somebody had been almost like living there for a while yeah like it was someone's yeah. home so i don't really know what that was about but we got new we got new site mates and they were really nice that's good <laughs> they were really nice they gave us free beer they played really good music oh good time. nice so i like that oh, but it was cool. yeah that's um, strange yeah <laughs> maybe he stole gas that's my hypothesis that but he we drove out fine the jugs. Was... yeah but he stole gas from you but our, we drove out and our car was still had gas okay, never... okay. <laughs> i really think he went to go get water but it just confused me because if you were leaving the campsite why do you need water like i'm assuming you're going somewhere mm-hmm. if you're going home like you probably have water there why is he in such a rush what why was going he... on I had so many questions but <laughs> well, never got answered part of though, the huh? human history i guess yeah i guess so <laughs> Anyways, oh, tell us so about beautiful. the poor caterpillars. Oh, dude, it was so nasty. These caterpillars were literally everywhere. It's like these gypsy moth caterpillars. So they're kind of furry and they're kind of big and like they come in all different shapes and sizes, mostly sizes. Some of them are And just for all the listeners, really Lydia also went camping. Right. Yeah, I did go camping too. <laughs> and this is where the caterpillars were. Yeah, it wasn't just like in my home. It was like at this campsite. So we arrive at this campsite and it's kind of at the secluded end of the site. It's called like the lighthouse point. And we get there and we're like, okay, uh, it's like kind of on the end. There's like not a lot of people. There's like, it's super chill. And all of the trees are like barren. It's the middle of the summer. There's no leaves on the tree. They're all fallen on the ground and they're all like this white color. And I was like, what the fuck? It looks like fall. Like, why does it look like the middle of autumn here? So whatever, we got to the campsite. We put up the tent. We like put all our shit down onto the benches and stuff. And that's when we realized that the bench was overrun by probably like 50 caterpillars they were literally everywhere we had to like move the bench over and stuff and like i had to like navigate between squishing caterpillars and like they were all over the ground so like you know walking to the bathrooms walking to get water anything you know you were kidding killing caterpillars yeah it was so freaking nasty dude and the bathrooms oh god you sent me a picture of the washroom and i was like I it was pee in the woods. so <laughs> gross. And I did. I did. <laughs> One of the nights me. I like peed in front of the car and then my friend had to get something from the car. She turned the freaking headlights on to me. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what the fuck? Um, yeah. But the caterpillars were so gross. We spent an extra hour cleaning the tent from like caterpillars and caterpillar debris because it was just they were everywhere. It took so long to clean up. And on the first night, we were, like, trying to go to bed. And my friend was like, oh, is it is it raining outside? Like, what is that noise? And we were like, no, I don't think it's raining. Maybe it's just the wind swaying the trees or whatever. And we woke up the next morning. And my friend who, like, lives up there, she knows some stuff about the woods. She said that it was their poop raining from, from the leaves. So we were covered in caterpillar poo by the end of it. <laughs> they were literally raining from the sky. They would... Because they would get too fat on the leaves. They would eat the entire leaf and then they would weigh down the leaf and they would rain from the sky. <laughs> Plus they would freaking trapeze their shit like off 
the leaves just oh god guys it was disgusting don't go camping and apparently i found out from my mom that that means that somebody in uh who like works for parks dropped the ball because apparently every two years they spray down like everything with this powder that kills some of the gypsy moths because like they kill the trees they're like an invasive species and apparently that didn't happen this year so i don't know if they're just blaming that on covid but maybe yeah. I mean, Dude, they blame so... everything on COVID. I know, right? It's you like order a package and it's late. They're like, sorry, it's COVID. Like, yeah. What do you, what like, do you mean by that? The forest is dying. Sorry. Sorry, COVID. <laughs> sorry, it's COVID. The gypsy moths literally were taking over. So yeah, can't wait to see how many freaking moths are going to be around. Oh God, it was nasty. It was so freaking That's, nasty. Yeah. I don't have an oh, issue and... with caterpillars, but I feel like in that large quantity, I would have an yeah. issue with any bug. Yeah. It's just too exactly. many. I used to try to save caterpillars. I'd be like, oh no, the middle of the road. Same. I'm going to try to save you and move you over. And like, it would be fine. But there I was do just, not want like, there was just, I had no mercy. I had literally no mercy for them. <laughs> they would fall into the, because they would like use their strings to like Spider-Man themselves down and just like float in the middle of nowhere because I, I don't know why caterpillars do the things they do and sometimes they would <laughs> fall in the water and at one point we were like let's just go to the water to like try to get some freaking peace and quiet from these caterpillars and mm. they would fall into the water and we were just like watching them kill themselves <laughs> yeah it was a lot and we ended up leaving Rough. three hours early normally we try to extend the stay to like the very last moment but we fucking we were, like, we're cleaned like, up we're and we were like, well, I guess there's nothing left for us here. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, I don't yeah. blame you. That sounds awful. I'm so sorry. Right? Isn't it just, it's just a I'm lot. I'm glad you guys it's... made the best of it. Thank you. But Me too. I'm very it sorry about that. That sounds disgusting. That's I okay. I would not have enjoyed that at all. I would have been no, like, let's, le- let's leave early. Let's real. just, yeah, let's just rent a cabin. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm honestly surprised that we didn't do that. But, like, it was, oh, man, it was. It was a lot. But, you know, we still had fun. Our only relief was, like, the rocks. And it was super windy and super cold. But we were like, it's better than being surrounded by caterpillars. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. It was fun. It was fun. It was fun. It's okay. just, like, there's always a constant underlying threat of caterpillars. So. Gotcha. Yeah. That was the only thing that was a little tough to deal with. But, yeah. No crazy people. So oh, that's, that's, good. Good. that's good. Yeah. <laughs> Got on the bright uh, side. Yeah. I know, right? <laughs> What's up, you guys? Now is the part of the podcast where we talk about the poll from last week. (laughs) As you may remember, last week we had our first guest on, Christian. Thank you again for coming on and for setting the bar so high for our future guests. Don't worry, guys. You got this. Let us know if you want to be on the podcast. So the questions were, would you want to live like gods in the singularity? 60% no for this one. (laughs) Everyone is like just as depressed as us. Yeah. They're like, no, I'm good. More life. Yeah. No. I don't think so. Especially like gods. And I mean, maybe they were listening when we were like, wouldn't you get bored? Yeah. Yeah. I know. I think we were kind of a downer on that. One, yeah. So I'm sorry that we ruined that for you guys. Christian was so funny at the end. He's like, I used to be excited and now I'm not. Now I am dreading it. Yeah. <laughs> the next question was, do you want to be immortal? 80% said Hell no! Yeah, 80% are still depressed! We ain't taking that that far. We are forwarding the results to your therapist as we speak. (laughs) (laughs) It's gonna be okay, guys. uh, The next question was very specific, but this was for our science people up there. Do nucleus have spare electrons that can jump to other 
nucleuses. 100% said no. You guys know your shit. <laughs> no. You know your shit. We you tried guys, to fool you. I'm so upset. I mean, I thought that there was more electrons that would jump other because i swear to god the there was the forerunner for diagram right and then the they want to bond they want to bond with other i don't know yeah uh, but, okay yeah but they don't jump they don't jump i think that's the part the jumping the I jumping said the bonding i should have said yeah. the bond <laughs> oh god next time <laughs> the next one was would you ever pay to do therapy which if you remember is dirt therapy <laughs> yeah 80% said yes. <laughs> so new business idea coming at you guys very soon. But it's also like TMTM TM to Christian. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We're only getting a small cut. I think we agreed on 5%. 5% maybe 10. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the last question was, how tall is Christian in Pokemon? And this one was for everyone who listened to the podcast. <laughs> you know, it was a little inside jokey. So uh, thank you all so much for voting in the poll. And you can make sure to check us out on Tuesdays and Wednesdays yeah. for the poll. Make sure you interact. We'd love to see it. Uh, tune in next week, guys. And enjoy the rest of this episode. Thanks, guys. Bye. We're, oh, we're at very unimportant, very dot unimportant dot people. So make but sure you know. There. Yeah, you, you know that by now. <laughs> Bye. Okay, guys. Let's get into the podcast. Now that we've done our little catch up. The part that you're actually all here for. Nobody really asks about our lives, you know? Nobody <laughs> ever asks us. us. Yeah. You're Hopefully you guys don't skip the first 10 minutes of the podcast, because it might be the best part of the podcast. Not going to lie. <laughs> Life updates. Um, so this week, guys, I, I am starting off the podcast, and, um, you know, I couldn't think of an opinion, as usual. So I have a topic that might turn into an opinion. Woohoo! <laughs> Woohoo! So we'll see where it takes us. This week, I wanted to dive into the world of hypnosis. Mm. Ooh. This kind of came up recently in my life because I was talking to someone and they were talking about how hypnosis can be used to, like, benefit your life and, like, achieve amazing things and to be more productive. Obviously, it always ends up in, like, how to increase productivity and, like, how to be super focused and like control your communication and just control everything about your life through the power of NPR or something like that. I'll talk about it later in the podcast. Isn't that like national? <laughs> oh no, that's non-person player. Non-person player. You taught play- me that last Frig. week. I always forget NLP. My bad. It NLP. sounds like MLP, like My Little Pony. Um, throwback to a couple weeks ago that's called neuro-linguistic programming which we can get into later because it's actually quite a confusing topic and i i'm only gonna scratch the surface of it and it's does it really have anything to do with hypnosis i'm not 100 percent sure you guys be the judge of that before we start before you started researching this did you believe in hypnosis no (laughs) do you i know as of right now right okay (laughs) No, so that's what that was literally my first question. Is hypnosis actually a thing? Because I personally, I have never been hypnotized. Me neither. Yeah, people have come from far and wide to try to hypnotize me, but it hasn't worked. Well, like you know those stage hypnotizers. Have you been on the They've stage? Kind of showed up. I haven't ever been on the stage, oh, okay, no, because yeah, I guess neither. my mind isn't suggestive enough. Like, <laughs> I don't know what exactly it is, but they pick people based on how like suggestive or like open to having their minds taken over and, how like, their morals because it's normally Apparently, like in a crowd and people put their hand up 
Yeah. How do they, they choose from... do, like, these tests, apparently. Sometimes, like, before you even know you're being hypnotized, it's easier to be hypnotized if you don't realize that that's happening to you. So okay. I guess there must have been... I don't really remember what these performances entail, but when I was reading online, it said that they would get the entire crowd to try to stick their hands together and they would try, the performers would try and get people to actually stick their hands together. And whoever can't pull them apart Mm -hmm. was the ones that they were like, okay, that's a good candidate for actually like being hypnotized on the stage and stuff like that. Otherwise, they would choose people who were extroverted and who, because I, I think that means that they associate extroverted people with trustworthy people because there's a certain amount of trust that needs to be gained with a with someone who's hypnotizing you because you have to kind of consent yeah. to it i guess you have to be like a people person if somebody just like doesn't like people if you're an introvert and somebody's like let me hypnotize you you're gonna just be like yeah. no fuck off like gonna, yeah exactly exactly right and with the like extroverted people there's also this other side to it where they are people pleasers and mm. they want to like perform and stuff like that. So perform, sometimes yeah. even if they aren't hypnotized, they'll still do the things because they want to get the attention and they want to get the laughs of like their peers. Cause sometimes this happens in schools. I think we saw someone get hypnotized at Frosh. I might be yeah. making that up. Yeah. No, we did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and yeah, and so it's kind of like this thing where they aren't really hypnotized, but technically they are hypnotized because if you're accepting the powers of suggestions then you are hypnotized even if you're making the choice to do the powers of suggestions are you still hypnotized or are you not hypnotized are you giving into peer pressure yeah is stage fright taking over <laughs> or if <laughs> like everybody like, else do it. on the stage around you is acting like they're hypnotized maybe you just start acting like it too because you don't want to be like yeah. the odd one out who isn't doing the only it one who- right right because then you get kicked off the stage and then you don't get the attention they're like okay good try good try you tried to be hypnotized but you know you weren't good enough (laughs) like get off the stage kind of thing um i don't know like i've seen people get hypnotized but for some reason i'm still in the back of my mind like is is that real Did, did that actually happen or did the performer just ask them to participate as a prank in a performance yeah Right. And that they'd be like, oh, off, like off mic. They're like, just play along, just play along. And they're like, ooh, cool. I'm a part of something. Like, I'm a part of something so cool. And like, everyone's laughing. Everyone's having such a good time. Like, all this shit. But apparently, stage hypnosis has been around for a really long time. And mm. there's been, um, in the 1800s, actually started in the 1700s, which was right after the Salem witch trials. And it was, or not the Salem witch trials, but the last witch trial, which was kind of, a little confusing there to were me other witch trials th- yeah yeah there was witch trials like everywhere <laughs> right, <laughs> people okay. just hated the witches and i was kind of thinking what it's just strange that the timeline of that like is so perfect that they started practicing hypnosis right when they were like we're gonna stop the witch trials we're just not gonna kill people anymore for being witches we're running out of women so they decided <laughs> that they- <laughs> so they're like we know, might have the- fucked up they might just be women they might just be women just trying to do their things. And then, and then a couple years later, literally, like, at the beginning of the 1700s, like, the last witch trial was in uh, 1692. And then in the 1700s, some male doctors were like, hypnosis is such an amazing thing. Blah, 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 blah all this stuff. I can't believe I, that. I absolutely that can't so believe that. Stupid? They're like, we're going to kill women for doing it. But wait, 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 wait. We can take this and make money <laughs> off of it. So it's okay if we do it, but, like. 
Yeah, it's totally fine. Stop killing the witches. Gonna Stop killing people for practicing witchcraft. Yeah, God. like, okay. <laughs> like, they were doing good things, but whatever. The early stages, fine. Have it. Um, in the 1800s is when it started kind of turning into a stagecraft. And people were attributing their hypnosis abilities um, to skills called animal magnetism. And this was a combination. You're going to love this, Courtney. This was a combination of magnetic energy created within the body. (laughs) Mixed with telepathic energy generated in the mind. (laughs) No. No. My my reaction now when you're like, oh, you're going to love this. Or like, I I wrote this down just for you. is just like dread. Immediately. (laughs) This is not an exciting thing. Yeah. Enough, yeah, enough with is. the vibrations, enough with the magnetic fields. Humans Dude, are humans. isn't it crazy? People vibrated all the way back in the 1800s. <laughs> <laughs> Not only since 2020 has happened, but it's pretty fucking crazy. So, okay. people okay. love this shit. They ate it up and they started like learning and talking and writing books and doing more stage stuff. People also called it thought transmission, claiming that they were controlling people with their thoughts by moving their thoughts. The thoughts from one brain into another brain, like, and I like guess talking? because yeah, like telepathy, like forcing no, some like your talking. thoughts into somebody else. But no, that's talking telepathy. That's talking telepathy. <laughs> telepathy. Moving your thoughts into somebody else's brain is really easy. You can talk to them. You can write your ideas down, and another person can read them, mm-hmm, and sing mm-hmm. about them, or dance about them. Brain transmission. Sure. Okay. <laughs> I guess because of these fucking whack ass shits going on, it wasn't until the 1950s that they actually recognized hypnosis as a legit practice. Um, <laughs> but hypnosis today is described as the state that is completely natural to be in. We may experience hypnosis actually in our day to day lives without even noticing it. You don't have to be hypnotized to be in the hypnotic state, and you do not have to be asleep to be hypnotized. You don't have to go into that, like, Mm -hmm. sleep, wake up, and then just, like, kind of dead zone. It's just described as an intense focus or concentration where the mind can relax and become open to the power of suggestion. This is, okay, this is what I've been wondering. Is hypnosis just meditation? Yes. Okay. Just <laughs> guided meditation. That's one of the examples. Some of the other examples of how you may be hypnotized, self-hypnotized, or become hypnotized by other things in your day-to-day lives is daydreaming, mm-hmm. going on your computer, playing video games, uh, getting really into like a game or a TV show or something. Sometimes people, I'm sure we've all experienced this, where you're watching TV, but you're not really watching it. You're just kind of like in a daze in front of the TV. And driving i was about to say driving that happens to me all the time when you're all of a sudden right. you're like i'm home yeah but you have like, no idea how, how I... you got there i do how did i not hit someone <laughs> were those lights green just on autopilot just like holding the car driving it hoping for the best um but people online said that that's why advertising is used on media forums because they catch our minds in this like hypnotic state where we're open to suggestion and they influence us subconsciously because we're so like just like uh, vibing whatever and that's why even like when you're driving you see random ads and shit like that and you might not even comprehend them in the moment Mm -hmm. but later on you might feel like you could buy something and same with the computer and same with social media i'm sure people have been caught in that scrolling trap many a time when Mm -hmm. suddenly you're like oh i want colgate i don't know (laughs) but 
yeah, it's actually called um, hypnosis. And that is hypnotizing people without their consent. So according to this article that I read, um, being a good hypnotist, in quotations, will always have an agreement with someone before attempting to hypnotize them. But it's possible to do it without people noticing, um, such as through like storytelling or agreement frames. Let me take you through a couple of hypnosis techniques (laughs) that I learned about. Okay, so agreement frames is when you ask people questions that will always be answered with yes. It puts their minds into this uh, acceptance of suggestion kind of questions and answers that allows you to be more open to possibilities and to say yes to things in the future. Salespeople use this tactic. You may be familiar with it because sometimes car salespeople will do this. They're like, ah car and you're like yeah <laughs> car i don't know exactly how it works but i know that this is a tactic a where you example. just ask questions that lead to yes <laughs> thank you <laughs> another one is called tag questions so asking an offhand question at the end of a statement such as mm. that makes sense right or you're starting to see how easy this is aren't you are examples so like leading of questions yeah And then it's just like, oh, this is so easy, isn't it? Like, you're having such a good time, aren't you? And it's like, oh, okay, well, I am having a good time. And then I guess the only way to answer is yes. And then there was this other one called fractioning. This one has to be without someone's consent. Like, there's actually a way to do it that's super sneaky. Because sometimes people will consent to being hypnotized, and then they are unable to get hypnotized. (laughs) (laughs) So people have found these kind of, like, roundabout ways, such as asking these questions, telling a long story or doing this fractioning which is still fractioning is still something i'm kind of unclear on but it seems that it involves being in and out of hypnosis and it's based on the idea that every time you get hypnotized it gets easier to become hypnotized again so people use it in therapy and they yeah yeah yeah. when people agree to get hypnotized but they like struggle to get into that hypnotic state it's easier to just kind of like dip them in and out i guess <laughs> of hypnosis until just a quick until little dip yeah, yeah and they're like and then pull them out immediately and then like once they like are lucid drop them back in like blah 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 which dude sounds really I, I intense i know right like i honestly still don't really shocking. understand how it works but i was like okay isn't that a little scary like is is this dangerous, right? Because if you can just hypnotize people on the street, if you could just hypnotize anyone by asking them these certain questions or like long stories with like trigger words such as like sleep or something like that, or if you learn how to hypnotize people, like wouldn't you be able to like control some some pretty crazy stuff in your life? Is that how people buy things that they don't really want is because salespeople are just asking them leading questions? I always end up in yes. Throughout my research, <laughs> um, I learned that apparently you cannot hypnotize someone who does not want to be hypnotized. And the power of suggestion will only take you as far as your morals or emotions will allow you to go. And then the hypnosis will kind of like break. And some people in the audience are like this is back to like kind of the audience thingy Mm -hmm. are super trusting and sometimes they're even looking for an excuse to abdicate their responsibilities and are able to get hypnotized within seconds so i think it all depends on kind of like where your brain is at but that being said it's like 
hard to it's hard when it's used for therapy because when people want to like quit smoking for example they can use like those hypnosis type of things or like break Mm -hmm. bad habits and it would be so difficult to try to get them to break that bad habit if they're not if they don't want to break that bad habit right because Mm -hmm. their morals and their emotions and their addiction wants them to keep going back to it so I can understand like how it kind of becomes super difficult even if they want to like quit smoking or quit whatever other bad habit that they're looking at if they're if they deeply want it then it's Mm -hmm. like it might be a lot harder to kind of figure that out now when you say Um, that you can't get hypnotized if you don't want to mm -hmm. can you still get hypnotized if you don't know about it yeah you can (laughs) Uh, so if somebody tells you i'm gonna hypnotize you and you say i don't want to that's when they can't but if someone just doesn't tell you that they're about to hypnotize you they can't yeah it's, it's easier to hypnotize someone if they don't know they're about to be hypnotized like through these questions or like through these other things it's like minor hypnosis and if you know you're gonna get hypnotized then it's like you either accept it or you don't accept it and if you accept it and you accept the fact that you want to like give up control to this other person then you will be more likely to get hypnotized because you're like open to the power of like the suggestions and the the drama and like what's gonna happen if you get hypnotized i don't know it's kind of concerning because like Really, we wouldn't know if we've been hypnotized. Yeah. So it's completely possible that we have been (laughs) hypnotized without our consent or knowledge. Yeah. And we just wouldn't know or remember because they can be like, now forget about this, you know? Yeah, exactly. And like, maybe no one's ever said the trigger word that gets us to wake up. And maybe they don't include a trigger word. Oh, God. (laughs) Back to simulation theory. Yeah. (laughs) We're, all just we're stuck, stuck here like forever. Hypnotic oh, state. God. Yeah, so a lot of the people on like hypnosis websites are like, because I was obviously Googling this question a lot. Like, can you hypnotize people who don't want to be hypnotized? Like, can you hypnotize without consent? Blah, 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 all this stuff. And like, it's a gray area. I think people aren't 100% sure on it either way. But if you can hypnotize someone who doesn't want to be hypnotized, it would be more like a brainwashing situation. Or like a social conditioning situation. Mm. And that's kind of how people in cults are actually being controlled. Because they're in a stage of hypnosis where their bodies and decisions are controlled daily. Which ultimately leads to the control of their minds. And this is kind of a month-long process. Like you can't get hypnotized like that. It's a lot longer than that. And it takes a lot of like wearing someone down (laughs) to get them to this kind of state. But it is possible and that maybe could explain why people are like so hard sometimes to break out of those types of situations because Mm -hmm. they genuinely like have been brainwashed and do believe that this is the best situation for them. I think another example of this is Stockholm Syndrome or um, Munchausen Syndrome, which I actually had never heard of until right now, which is when somebody repeatedly acts as if they are in pain for attention. Like they just make up illnesses. It's a mental illness, yeah. but they just like make shit up and they're like, oh, God, my leg. I got to go to the doctor. But apparently that's a state of hypnosis and that's like a state of. Would that be like self-hypnosis? Uh, yeah. Yeah. You can fuck with your own self. Isn't that crazy? Without even knowing. Yeah. So cool. That right? confuses me. I don't get that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm not sure. It's a it's a mental thing. It's just something that they've been like conditioned into mm. thinking that they need to do in order to get attention. I guess I don't know a lot about Munchausen syndrome, so don't <laughs> don't come for me in the comments. But I thought the Stockholm syndrome one was interesting because like mm-hmm. true. Like, you start to really love the person who is, like, kidnapping you or something, and then you don't actually take the opportunities to run away if they're presented to you. Mm-hmm. Could be interesting. Like, J.C. Dugard, when the cops came to the house, and she was, like, at the door, and they I were like, that everything okay here? She was like, yeah. She was kidnapped by, like, this dude, and she lived in their basement and, like, had a kid and, like... Was that that, like, kid? Oh. And then she wrote a book about it later? She was, yeah. Like, yeah, okay. She Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. So people, yeah, maybe she was in a state of like kind of hypnosis. And also like when you're relying on somebody else for like survival, mm-hmm. then it's a lot easier to just do what they say and just be like, okay, I just want to survive at this point. Yeah. And I feel like if you're in a situation like a, I don't know what the word that I'm looking for is, like a dire situation, a stressful situation like that where you're kidnapped, I feel like psychologically convincing yourself that everything's fine and this person is taking care of you and this is a good situation probably helps you cope with the situation a lot more than like living for however many years in like a constant state of like stress. Yeah. Just being like, yeah. this is fine. Everything's and I think fine. you might this even start to grow to trust that me. person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like love and trust because you trust that they're going to give you food and water and like a a place to live and i guess they start i don't know yeah, yeah that's a good point i'm coping yeah coping mechanism so my next question that i had was what happens to your brain when you are hypnotized this has been studied neurologically which kind of means that it is legit <laughs> <laughs> people can be hypnotized a lot of people do believe that it's legit and they have done studies on people who go into hypnosis and come out of hypnosis to see how the brain activity differs. Okay. So one of the things that happens is that there's a decrease in brain functions associated with emotion and thought processing, which allows your cortisol or your stress home hormone to decrease in production. Aww. Yeah, cool, right? That's it's nice. like just kind of super <laughs> relaxed, super chill. And then your thought processing just doesn't really happen. And your emotions don't really happen, which this part was a little controversial to me to like previous points where it said that hypnosis can only take you as far as your emotions and like your morals will let you go Mm. but then it says that there's less emotional happenings going on so i think it kind of leads you to question your morals maybe i'm not 100 percent sure if it's used for evil which we can get into a little bit later (laughs) yeah (laughs) um there's an increase in body to brain connection there's a way to change your mind's view of the body and to become more aware of it. Um, there's also disconnection between actions and actually performing the actions. So when you're engaged in something, you don't think about it. You just kind of do it mm. kind of thing. So how can it be used outside of entertainment in other ways <laughs> <laughs> uh, for mental well-being, for treatments of PTSD? Um, people have used it to increase student performance and focus in little kids. And it helps people to become better at like speed reading <laughs> and to be able to, is that crazy? They're like trying to add focus to the kids by hypnotizing them. I'm just them wondering to be, like, what that calm like, down. note sent home look like. <laughs> They're like, do you, can, can we hypnotize your child while they're in class with us, please, so that they can oh read faster? <laughs> if I was a parent, I'd be like, no. 
what the fuck? Absolutely yeah. not. Can you just like, teach them how to read? <laughs> yeah, literally. The normal way? I don't know. All right. Apparently it works. It works in sports as well. Athletes have used it to overcome psychological barriers. And our favorite athlete on this podcast, Tiger Woods, used Woo! it. <laughs> From Love the him. age of 13. <laughs> yeah. 13? Maybe that kind of explains some stuff because he's been hypnotized he's so since he was 13. Up. It's so Maybe young, Maybe that's why right? he's been but... in like so many car accidents because he just like that's slips such a into good that point. hypnosis so easily. And he doesn't even know. I'm pretty sure he also drinks, which is a problem too. <laughs> <It's fine. laughs> that doesn't help, I'm sure. <laughs> um... And then it's used to, like, get rid of fear and overcome other psychological barriers, such as mm. this guy, Felix Baumgartner, who was the first person right. to okay. jump out of a capsule at an altitude of... A capsule? Yeah, he... What's a capsule? I guess just a mini spaceship. Oh, was that that Red Bull guy? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> that jumped from, like, space into Earth and then... Yeah, like, and he reached skydive? supersonic speed without traveling in a jet or a spacecraft he was just fucking free falling into the stratosphere and yeah hypnosis was a part of his mental training to get over (laughs) the initial fear of falling that high of falling freaking a hundred thousand skydiving from space yeah i feel like that's a normal fear to have i don't think we should hypnotize that out of people Yeah, Sometimes maybe that's too far is too far. We don't we don't have to go that far, guys. We don't have to do it. Did it have to There's take no it reason there. to do that. If you're There's afraid, maybe no don't do it. To humans. Your survival instincts are telling you. Yeah. What is the benefit? <laughs> There's no benefit. <laughs> just for the vibes, bro. Just for the meme. He just wanted mm-hmm. to do it. Um, doctors use it too. Uh, apparently, some patients have to get brain tumors removed when they're awake. So yes. hypnosis is used to help them overcome that fear and like to help them to stay calm during the operation during the procedure. I mean, same. Like I, <laughs> yeah, same, <laughs> same. <laughs> I would not be able to fucking do that shit. Oh God, hell no. Um. Yeah, so that's kind of almost the end of the kind of hypnosis parts of it. Mm-hmm. Um, we can jump into the neurolinguistic programming a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I'm interested in that. That sounds cool. Yeah. That sounds a little bit so more sciencey, a little more... bit less pseudoscience-y. Oh, well, it actually is a Damn pseudoscience. It. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they tricked me with the name. They, they did. Me. It's a they fun, it's a it fun a good name. I, you know? I fell for it. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. I think a lot of people have fallen for it, to be completely honest. <laughs> but it's kind of positive, uh, but it kind of always, like, has this, like, capitalist undertones. Yeah, it's still very much positive. And basically, the, they as- operate on this assumption that all human action is positive. So if a plan ever fails or something unexpected ever happens, the experience is neither good nor bad. It simply mm-hmm. presents more useful information. So it's this way to to um, hypnotize your body and to it kind of reminded me of manifestation a little bit because mm-hmm. you you like create your own map of reality you analyze your own perspective and you create like an, a systematic overview of a certain situation and you act as if you are already successful and you already have everything that you want and you act as if the people or like your role models you act like your role models and you act kind of like they do and you follow exactly their plan to how they became successful so that you yourself could also become 
successful. And like people go to like class and like training for this. And there's leadership camps that use neurolinguistic programming to like try to instill a lot of motivation and like a lot of um, positive communication and personal development and stuff like that apparently too okay i saw this on wikipedia so i don't know how freaking trustworthy this shit is but apparently nlp can be used to treat problems such as phobias depression tick disorders psychosomatic illnesses and this one really got me listen to this nearsightedness (laughs) what is nearsightedness like a psychological disorder i don't know That's the one where you can't see things close to you, right? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) They're like, just try NLP. Maybe something will come out of it. And it's kind of this process of like visualizing and like manifesting and like taking your emotions out of your body and like watching them turn into something and watching them spin and spin and spin and then placing them back in and like feeling like you have more control over those emotions because if they're physical and if they're if you visualize them enough mm-hmm. and if you can mold it into like a pot for example like a pottery yeah. type of situation then you can control it and you can like harness that energy and use it towards like a positive type of thing so yeah does that make sense no that makes sense i've heard like a similar approach for like that they use in therapy for like dealing with anxiety yeah. and depression which is like recognizing your emotion as an emotion not as like yourself so just objectively mm-hmm. thinking like this is just a feeling i'm having it's not my reality i'm just feeling yeah. angry in reaction to this thing that happened like it's not representative of what's actually going on yeah so they took that idea and, and transferred they made it, it into business <laughs> Apparently, it can be used to treat the common cold, too. So, take that. <laughs> you just think your way treat, out of being sick. It can treat the common cold for people who think the common cold is caused by cold. The common because cold is you caused think you got a cold chilly. from being cold, but you didn't. So, <laughs> that they can train exactly your brain into happens. being like, that's not how it works, girl. Ooh, interesting. You think I could hypnosis my way out of getting colds from being cold? Probably. And just be like, I am warm. I am warm. Sounds like I it's a warm. brain thing. <laughs> okay. I don't think it is. Maybe it is. I've been told this since I was a little kid. So maybe I'm just like fucked up beyond repair. (laughs) But no, actually, NLP believes that no person is broken. And like no person is messed up beyond repair. And like it's really, it's super positive. Like it's super sweet. It's super nice. It's just like take control of your life and like use tactics that other people have used to become like successful and be amazing at communication. And your words are your reality. And this kind of stuff. So, I mean, it has some positive stuff to it. I guess if you don't fall too deep into the rabbit hole, then maybe you can use it to actually make your life better and be better at work and have better goals, have positive things in your life. And it's all kind of like stemmed from hypnosis, which is pretty fucking sick, dude. And the last thing that I wanted to bring up (laughs) is the opposite of that which is the danger the danger danger zone (laughs) hypnosis um some psychologists believe that through the power of hypnosis you can be influenced to go against your morals and your personal interests if your senses are deceived and if you act under false assumptions and that can lead you to 
commit crimes and to actually commit murder in some cases. And he deeply, deeply believes that um, there was this situation with like the Manson family that those people who were in the family, the family were kidnapped and like forced to like live with him in like this shitty like dungeon area forced to take LSD and just feel not like they normally would. And they used hypnosis as like a defense that they were innocent because they actually were in such a state that they were unable to control their own morals. But a lot of people were like, but you can't do that with hypnosis. Like you can't, you you could still control yourself under hypnosis. But a lot of the defense was like, no, you actually can't because they like literally called themselves temporarily insane at the time when they committed like all those murders and stuff like that i yeah i think the defense works if they were actually under the influence of a psychotic drug i think that that stands like if they were yeah high on lsd when they killed people i think it's definitely possible to use that as a defense and like be like i was influenced by this person while i was high Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i think in the absence of that drug in my brain, it's kind of like, you know how people always say that, like, what is it, like, drunk, sober thoughts are drunk actions, and the fact that, like, yeah, even when you're that. intoxicated to a certain point, if you do something, there has to be an underlying intention there already. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like that's the same with hypnosis. Like, I feel like if you mm, weren't yeah, maybe already slightly okay with the possibility of killing somebody for the right reasons i feel like you probably wouldn't be able to be convinced of that in absence of i guess iconic right in my i guess so i think that can also lead to questioning does can everybody kill right because if every single person Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. able to commit murder then that means that anybody can commit murder. Like a lot of but people every single who are person in jail, hasn't committed murder. Yeah, but they don't. That's true. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a lot of people that in, in the world right now that haven't killed someone. <laughs> Maybe they would under hypnosis, under extreme extreme hypnosis. Yeah, like I think that some people definitely have the belief that some people deserve to die for certain things, and that maybe that could lead to under hip a hypnotic state, like killing somebody for the right reasons. Yeah, they believe that it's the right reasons. They're like, this has to be done because of these many suggestions that I have gained. Um, But yeah, so yeah, that brings us to the end. Um, I was going to try to hypnotize Courtney, Mm -hmm. but (laughs) I don't know how to do that. So (laughs) I also probably wouldn't. You're not open to the suggestion? I don't I don't think I am. Yeah, I don't think I am either. I've never been able to be... get hypnotized. Me neither. I don't I don't know. Well, like, I don't know if I've ever been hypnotized, but no one's really ever mm. asked me. So to my yeah, knowledge, no too. one's tried. <laughs> no one's been like, can I hypnotize you? Uh-huh. Maybe someday. Would you be down to try hip- being hypnotized? I think it depends on the person that was hypnotizing me. Does it depend on the situation? Like, would you do it for entertainment or would you would do, I do it, it on the podcast? in like a therapy Is type of situation? Oh. <laughs> I would do it on the podcast. I think that'd be fun. Oh, cool. Okay, she's down. Um, Any hypnosis people in the audience? Give us a shout. I am a cynic. So I would go into it not with the entertainment mindset. 
but with a cynical mm-hmm. mindset. So, yeah, but if somebody was just, like, randomly, like, can I hypnotize you, like, on the street or, like, at a party or something like that, I'd probably say no. Unless yeah, I, like, knew yeah. the person, you know? And, like, trust you probably wouldn't and... be able to get hypnotized anyways at that point if you weren't if you're like secretly you don't actually want to get hypnotized you probably you wouldn't be able to protected. your mind isn't open yeah you're protected by your need to control your brain same oh <laughs> 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 man so is there an opinion about hypnosis not really i just thought it was really really interesting mm-hmm. um I would be down to try hypnosis, uh, maybe as like a like a thing for my nail biting habit, because <laughs> um, it says that it's used to break bad habits. So I think that would be really interesting. Maybe if you I could, could just, like... use it to kick the glasses. Finally, Lydia. Yeah, <laughs> finally cure my <laughs> my eyes. What a bad habit you have wearing glasses. <laughs> terrible. I need to freaking get some NLP in my life, man cure me yeah that's it that's all for hypnosis for this week let me know if you are hypnotic or if you have ever been hypnotized yeah or Um, if you want to come on the podcast and hypnotize two cynics yes that would be awesome if he can beat us that'd be cool we'd be down for that yeah that'd be so cool and then we would have like a recording of it and we could listen back to it and be like i don't remember saying that oh my god (laughs) i would never say that also like if you've ever been part of one of those hypnosis shows and yeah, been one of the so hypnotized cool. people shoot us a message i'd be interested yeah, to hear about that, that experience all right you guys welcome to the second half of the podcast and Today, I'm going to be talking about an opinion that I have, um, which this opinion is almost <laughs> entirely just a feeling, so <laughs> get ready it. for not a lot of facts, but um, <laughs> I just like don't really understand selling plants as a concept, and that includes like house plants, landscaping, like outdoor garden plants, and fruits and vegetables and produce that are sold in grocery stores. I don't understand the concept of selling any of these. And just a warning. Actually, I have two warnings. The first warning (laughs) is that this opinion might sound a lot like my front lawn opinion, because as I got into it, I realized (laughs) that I had a lot of the same feelings about it. So Mm -hmm. it's going to sound a little reminiscent of some of the um, themes in that discussion. And then the second warning is that I understand why we sell plants, but I don't understand why. Like, I get that there's labor... (laughs) And fertilizer and water and all of these things that go into crop production. But I just don't understand why we do crop production. Okay. So that's my other statement. Like, I I understand that there's an industry and that's why we pay for it. But I don't understand why the industry exists. Okay. And my main point. (laughs) Because of industrialization. is (laughs) Is really that plants literally grow from the ground whether humans touch them or not it is literally the most free and natural process that exists on earth plants do it regardless of whether there's human intervention walk into the middle of the amazon rainforest where no human has been before there are plants growing but somehow (laughs) we have taken the most free process and made it into one of the most expensive industries and i what is it really that expensive for plants 
Um, yes, it is. So I'm going to kind of break it down by produce, uh, landscaping plants, and houseplants. So the first okay. one is vegetables. And currently we pay more for vegetables than we have any other time in the century. Oh. Um, a low-income household so would have to devote 43 to 70% of their food budget to afford... You know how there's, like, nutritional requirements and there's, like, the food groups that you're supposed to eat? So to afford the minimum recommendation on those, they would have to devote 43 to 70% of their food budget to just buying fruits and vegetables. What the fuck? Damn, and they don't comprise of 70% of your diet. Yeah. Um, so that's how much we're paying for vegetables right now. But it confuses me that vegetables are more expensive than like crackers and like processed foods because with processed foods you have to buy a bunch of primary ingredients and do stuff to them and then mix them together and like bake them to make the thing that is cheaper than the vegetable but the vegetable is just the vegetable you don't have to do anything to produce that other than grow the vegetable and sell it but if you want to make a cracker you have to buy the wheat right. you have to buy the flour, well, wheat and flour and the things. I don't know how to make a cracker. You have to buy all the <laughs> ingredients and, like, mix them together and produce them and then package them and then... But they're still cheaper than vegetables. Wouldn't that be because they're non-perishable? They stay... They have a longer shelf life than that's one vegetables of, that's, that's, and that's, fruits that's, do? Yeah. Yeah. So that's one of the reasons is the shelf life. Um, And they can also be... <laughs> this, this whole statement I found a little ridiculous. They can also be mass-produced. Whereas with vegetables, we have to wait for nature to grow them. <laughs> God damn it, nature. Hurry up. <laughs> so we can't produce them as fast as we can produce uh, processed foods. Hurry up and foods. mass produce so... nature. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense, to be nature, honest. Nature, like, yeah. And then you never know what's going to happen with nature, too. You know, there could be no rain. There could be bad soil. Like, the crops could but all those, get eaten by locusts. That doesn't, in, that doesn't exist anymore in, yeah. like, America's food production industry everything is controlled so the soil is controlled by fertilizer water they don't wait for rain they water their plants yeah, with irrigation they systems don't. they use pesticides to stop wrong, infestations there yeah. are like seasons that are like worse seasons for vegetables but it's not as susceptible as it was before we developed this like highly industrial industrialized model of crop production where we use irrigation and hmm. fertilizers and pesticides and machines and all this stuff that made it so expensive mm -hmm. to buy a freaking vegetable yeah vegetables a are vegetable. really fucking expensive it's annoying that you could grow in your backyard if you wanted to but they take so long <laughs> like okay yeah crackers you can make in like 20 seconds vegetables mm -hmm. you have to freaking it's a whole year-long process and growing your vegetables now because of the system that we've created is more even more expensive than buying them <laughs> we took the free thing made it expensive and then we made the free thing even more expensive than the more expensive option True. so now if you want to grow vegetables you have to buy the seeds and then you have to buy the soil and then you have to buy the fertilizer and then you have to buy protective structures if you have pests and then you have to pay for the water and you have to pay for the tool and you have to pay with your time for production. So that's yeah. waiting for it to produce, the time that you take tending to the plants and maintaining the plants. Mm -hmm. um, but this is largely because, and this is where it's going to come back to my front lawn argument, this is largely because we are producing plants that are not native 
to the places that we're living. And it baffles me that our forests are full of things we could eat. Like, First Nations people, Indigenous people to these lands survived for years just off of what was produced here. But because we've developed Mm. a diet that is largely based around things that don't grow here, that's why it's so expensive to eat. Because we're not adjusting our diets to where we're living. We're expecting to, like, eat the same thing everywhere in the world. But it's going to be more costly in some places in the world because those plants just don't grow there. Yeah. Are the plants that... Are plants that do grow in like Georgia, like peaches, are they a lot cheaper in the, in like those? No, places, they're or not do you think because they're just we've as still, expensive. We've no oh, because fuck. we've still like industrialized the process. Like in theory, if there were that wild sucks. peach trees everywhere, it would be cheaper. But that's not really how it is anymore because it's an industry now to like grow the peach trees in a very specific place and like export them and do all the things yeah and then if they go bad that you don't even get get your like money that you were supposed to off mm -hmm. of the peaches uh but what kind of plants can we eat in canada like our growing season is literally like a day so i'm like (laughs) what kind of stuff can we have i know we have apples and like berries but so a lot of plants in the forest are actually edible and this is just knowledge that has been lost because we've replaced really yeah, yeah, like First Nations and Indigenous people still know how to survive off of the foods that literally just grow in the forest, like wild foods. But it's knowledge that, like, the colonial settler population just doesn't <clears throat> doesn't have and, like, we haven't prioritized it. Yeah. So yeah. we end up paying for it. But then on top of that, mm-hmm. like, in theory, we could be like, we should all just start foraging our foods to stop paying for vegetables. But foraging foods has become really difficult. Um because first of all it's illegal in a lot of places yeah you're not allowed to pick stuff Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um secondly there are right ways to forage and wrong ways to forage i don't know if you've ever heard of the tragedy of the commons no what is that but it's basically a theory in political science it's about like when there is a resource that doesn't necessarily belong to anyone but is Mm -hmm. used by a lot of people so an example of this can be the ocean is one of the most okay. used examples because the ocean doesn't belong to anyone, but every country kind of uses it for resource extraction. And the idea is, is that it's basically like a psychological thing where if you see like your neighbor starting to pick a few more, let, let's, let's say it's a field where apples grow. If you see mm-hmm. your neighbor start to pick a few more apples one day, you're going to get a little bit stressed that there's not enough left for you and Mm -hmm. you're going to go out and you're going to pick a few more apples than them. And then the next Mm -hmm. person is going to come out and it just becomes this like almost arms race of this greed war of like, you don't want the resources to run out for you. So you're trying to take as much as you can, but that spurs other people to do that. So it basically ends up in like depleting it and mismanaging it. So that's so sad. So so the resource then like needs to be controlled, right? Yeah, and that's the fear with foraging. Well, okay. I think the biggest problem with this whole, like, tragedy of the commons thing is it operates off of a very capitalistic undertone. Yeah, I mean, definitely. (laughs) Of feeling like you always need to have more. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, like, not feeling like anything is ever enough. 
But also capitalism yeah. is the ones who's like controlling our consumption of fruits and vegetables and like anything that's coming out of the earth, you know? So isn't it technically doing a favor for us? Like I know, I know that's a very weird thing to say about capitalism because it never does anyone <laughs> any favors, but maybe it's like almost stopping people from being a from purchasing like more than they need to because they have a limited amount and because it's being paid for and mm -hmm. you have like limited money it won't it's not like you could just go out and get it for free just because yeah. your neighbor is doing it just because they're being like kind of greedy with it you yeah, could just I kind think, of get it yeah i think that so. if we were to like switch to a world where fruits and veggies were free and like we were able to forage it would have to be accompanied by like a whole psychological shift in values <laughs> from society hypnosis like off of greed um but like i was doing a little bit of research on foraging and there was i read an article that was um i think it was an interview with a quichin chief on vancouver island um and he was talking about how they have the 20 percent rule which is that you only ever take what you need to eat today um, and you never take more, which is oh. never more than 20% of a certain area. So if you're picking berries, you can only take a maximum of like 20% of the berries off of each bush. So you're not like depleting an entire bush and leaving the rest, oh, but you're only taking like what you need and you're spreading out where you're taking from. So you're never depleting anything. Mm -hmm. um, and there was this quote that was like just so sweet it really got me it says the land will provide for your need but not for your greed so it'll give you everything that you need to survive but it will not like sustain okay. being greedy please hold for tears <laughs> <laughs> isn't that like doesn't that hit you just real deep yeah man that hits me deep <laughs> jesus fucking christ um, oh my god yeah and obviously with when it comes to potentially foraging there is a lack of space because we've cut down a lot of our natural spaces which could have fed us to grow foods that cost money which is kind of a little and i'm just going to conclude the foraging hmm. topic with i'm not encouraging anyone to forage you have to do it respectfully you can't forage on seeded or unseeded land um, not on crown land only on privately owned property with that person's permission or in provincial parks where it's permitted. So don't just like walk into the middle of the forest and start doing it. Like <laughs> do terrible. it in the designated areas because there's a way to do it wrong and there's a way to do it right. Right, um, right. I talk about foraging more as a theoretical idea for the future, not for like a legitimate solution right now. Yeah, yeah. Everything would need to be different if we wanted to. Everything would if need we to wanted be to live like that. Yeah. It just blows my mind that we got to this point hmm. of like we could have had everything that we needed for free for no money but for some reason we were like nah that's not gonna work for us it's we literally to, just we need to pay for this it's literally because of greed though like um yeah. people like for example if the neighbors from your earlier um thing commons the tragedy if yeah. your neighbor is like the states and if we canada are their neighbor and mm -hmm. we see that our neighbor is getting these amazing peaches and these incredible avocados and these really cool foods. And then we get stressed out because we're like, holy fucking shit. Like, I want to get those amazing avocados. I want to get those amazing foods and there's not going to be enough. So now I need to get them. And it's kind of like everyone needs to have the same stuff in order to be mm -hmm. equal. But I guess that isn't really necessarily true <laughs> because no. we could all have different stuff and yeah. still like feel equal and feel like we're on Equally the same. satisfied. Yeah, if you want exactly. the peaches, you can, like, 
be like here's some like pecans for your peaches you know <laughs> trade the yeah. barter economy there's other ways to do it mm. and yeah you don't need the peaches you maybe there's an equivalent that like grows here that you could eat you don't have to yeah, have everything that is. your neighbor has but we do otherwise we're not as cool as them and otherwise we're not as good as them anyways moving on to landscaping plants okay this section is very short and sweet but <laughs> it's just like the same concept of i'm and it's even more of a confusing concept to me because this isn't for like consumption at all this is purely for aesthetics but i'm going to remove the free plant growing in my yard <laughs> going to that needs no inputs to grow i don't need a water i don't it's just growing i mean so i'm gonna remove yeah. that and then I'm going to go to the store and I'm going to pay for a different one and I'm going to put it in and then I'm going to have to spend so many hours watering it and fertilizing it and pruning it and maintaining it to survive there. But I could have just left the free plant. But it's just yeah. purely because of like the that? values that we've decided on that like that plant is pretty and that plant isn't pretty. Hmm. But I don't get why. Like it's interesting. Maybe why it's can't we just use of... the ones that grow for free? Yeah. I mean, I'm all for like using the plants that grow for free. Like, you know, like. My mom put in a, a front lawn that's only native plants for the bumblebees so and for the grasshoppers <laughs> and like all that shit. Like she's really going full against the front I lawn. I love that. Um, I was thinking that maybe feeling like you need to customize like your front lawn and stuff. Like I'm sure it has a lot to do with like capitalism and feeling like there's a lot of value associated with that. And maybe mm -hmm. if your neighbors see like your cool plant and they're like, damn, they are doing a lot better than me. They're doing a lot richer than than me. I'm not really sure. But it could be a part of placemaking too. Making your home feel like your own and making it feel like you have a place that you have made unique and mm -hmm. something that you can recognize that you've put your own touch on and that is kind of unique to you. You know what I mean? It's like this idea of like people going into the the city and I don't know why I keep relating it to the city, but people <laughs> will go into the city and there will be like benches to sit on versus chairs to sit on. And they will mm -hmm. always choose the chairs because they can move it over just by like one inch or just into the shade or just mo like literally move it forwards or push it out of the way of other people just because like you want to feel um, like you have contributed something and that it's different to you and that it's unique to you and that yeah. now that you have this plant it's like oh now it's like my home now like i live here because i made this decision to have this like different thing or like this unique thing that i like i i i feel that and i get it but i also feel like i don't understand why as humans we need to manipulate like natural spaces because you can still mm -hmm. customize your home by buying like furniture or decorations or making art to put on your walls and you can still make that place your home but I, I don't know if we need to completely, like, destroy and restructure a natural space to, like, make that place our own, you know? Yeah, that's so and not true. And like not to make gardening to sound things, like it's destructive. Gardening is a nice <laughs> hobby. It's, like, a very harmless hobby. Um, yeah. But it's just, I don't know if that is something that has to be done to make your house a home. When there's yeah, to make your house that... a home. Mm -hmm. nature does it for free let's just let nature do the things that it does for free for free yeah. and then we can spend money on the things that nature doesn't do for free like mm -hmm. carpentry Painting. <laughs> 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 all right so now that we're depressed about that one gonna yeah. move on to houseplants <laughs> okay I'm so sorry good. everyone <laughs> and yeah so kind of a lot of the same notions but 
With houseplants, we're specifically selling tropical plants. Like all of our houseplants are tropical plants, plants that don't grow natively here. Um, but if you go to the places where houseplants grow natively, they like grow outside like monsteras and pothos mm-hmm. and all these plants grow outside in like five times the size with huge leaves like climbing up trees and they're huge but there's still plant stores that exist in these places that sell the exact same plants and people still buy them and Mm -hmm. like within the plant community there's a lot of hate directed at people who take cuttings from plants outside and then propagate them and create their own plant from it because it's considered like stealing because you didn't get it from a store oh that's interesting and also hmm Technically, I'm not encouraging anyone to do this, but technically you could go into a plant store and just take like the tiniest (laughs) little cutting from a plant and then you would have that plant. Like there's actually no reason for anyone to ever buy a plant. Like you can just give people cuttings of your plant and it doesn't really take away from your plant and they get a whole new plant. But we've created this industry where like people are paying thousands of dollars online for a cutting of a leaf. For a leaf. <laughs> when there's no reason what? at all for anyone to ever be paying for plants. If everyone yeah. just gave people cuttings. We could have little corner. You know how people have those like little libraries with books on the edge of their yeah, driveways? Yeah. You could create that with plant cuttings and put a couple of cuttings. People could take some of yours, leave some of theirs. Yeah. And you could plant, have so many plant plants. Library. Plants reproduce so easy. I don't yeah, understand why we're buying them. They do. And also on the cutting off things from nature thing, I mm. understand why that's wrong because of your previous thing. But when mm-hmm. it comes to like pothos, for example, when you cut a pothos, it yeah. like loves it. Like it will yeah. grow back in like four different places that you didn't expect for it to ever grow. Like my pothos is like literally insane. I don't know what I'm going to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not, I don't think that's stealing. It's, Me neither. And if you do it in the right way, if you're, yeah. again, not taking the whole plant, just taking yeah. a tiny bit of it that isn't going to harm it, that isn't going to deplete it, I think mm-hmm. it's a totally fine thing to do. To take If you plant. know what you're doing enough to want a plant, you probably know yeah. how to properly cut it and how to properly like propagate it and make sure and that it's theory, okay afterwards. If you see a lot of people taking from one plant, you maybe find a different one so that that one is okay. Like, they're going to grow back. They're plants. They're going to be okay. But for some reason, I'm paying somebody else to cut the plant and put it in soil and wait for like a year and then sell it to me. Yeah, what the hell? I don't don't get why we pay for plants. (laughs) For plants! They grow. Hmm. I like having like plants that don't like that aren't from here i don't know like i don't no, know and that's stupid, fine. But, like, and i like that's... to have those kinds of i like to have like i would never be able to find like a little snake plant i would never be able to find that in like nature in canada i don't think i haven't looked but i don't think i would be able to find that i think that's kind of unique and like it's kind of cool and interesting to look at i guess i just mm-hmm. kind of get bored of pine and yeah, maple and all that's the time. fair and i agree with that <laughs> i also have like tons of house plants in my house and i love house plants but with houseplants, as I said, we don't need to be selling them. There's no reason for anyone to ever buy a houseplant. <laughs> because you could still have tropical houseplants by trading cuttings with other people. Yeah, that's a good point. You could still have all But where these. did they get them? They could they go to outside, them. cut it off of a thing, and send it to you. 
you could go on vacation and like there's no reason to be paying for them it's illegal though you're not allowed to bring back live stuff you're allowed to mail them vacations oh yeah you are you are that's that's a good point you can mail it to yourself (laughs) i think a little life hack like which country you're do- there's definitely some countries that you can't interchange but i think if you're flying between canada and the states don't quote me on this look it up if you're gonna do it i think that you might be able to take like plants cuttings in your carry-on oh god i, I don't think see i've seen not. like plant youtubers not- doing it yeah yeah if, you're, I don't if, think if it's that's just a house in my opinion because like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i think they're like, really worried about it? pest infestation invasive. and invasive species but if it's just like a leaf i don't think they're gonna do anything about it yeah maybe i mean that's probably how the fucking gypsy moth shit started it was just a leaf and then the next thing you know like it lays an egg it lays an egg it lays an egg i think those things come on like the truckloads of vegetables and fruits ah. that we're importing from other countries i don't think it's coming from like the one person that took a clipping <laughs> and like cleaned it you know? yeah that's a good point yeah it's oh man Moving stuff from one country to another is just also so risky. And also, it's so ironic that transporting a natural thing, like a plant, destroys the environment so much. <laughs> like, the transportation of Fuck, vegetables. Transportation so is one of the most, like, mm-hmm. one of the most contributing industries to climate change. And we're transporting vegetables. And we're like, this is healthy. <laughs> Good. To be it's more healthier, we're killing the earth. I don't get it. Makes sense. One plus one is two. Yes. <laughs> Dude, that's so fucked up. Um, and then just like a little fun mm. fact for you guys, there's this plant called the Old Pine Bonsai, and it sold mm-hmm. at an auction for $1.3 million. Oh, no. Why? Why $1.3 million? Bonsais are different. Bonsai is an art form. It's still a plant. <laughs> it still grows naturally outside <laughs> i don't i don't care if it's an art form because i also think art is overpriced right <laughs> i don't get it i don't get why anyone pays for plants i hmm. again i i pay for plants and i get why i pay for plants but i don't get why the plant industry exists in the first place right. i don't like i don't know why we had to do that i don't know why we had to Create Someone was just like, it. "Ooh, I can make money off of it. You could make money off the product." And here it's we are, dude. Point. That's so sad. The state of the world, bro. Yeah, no here one's happy with what they have. You another know? grass industry. is always <gasps> grass is always Green greener guys. on the other side, except then you bring it over to your side and it dies because it's not its natural habitat. Because it's not its native plant. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> it's not supposed to be there. Yeah. Can't just leave things as... R.I.P. to my avocado. On a side note, Aww. it is dead. It did not survive Canada. So sad. Very sad. But, I mean, it's not supposed to fucking grow here anyways, so I guess... <laughs> I guess that's fine. I guess it makes <laughs> sense. Oh. So, yeah, that's, that's my opinion. <laughs> the plant industry, it doesn't make any sense. I don't get it. Capitalism sucks and ruins everything. It did ruin it, eh? It like, really it completely it. fucked it up, dude. Mm-hmm. 
And that brings us to the end of the podcast. Thank you guys for sticking around and listening to our one of our opinions and one of our talks. Mm-hmm. Um, thanks for listening to Lydia talk about hypnosis. That was really interesting. Again, please reach out Let to us, us if you have been trained yeah, to be a hypnotist be really or cool. if you have ever been under hypnosis, specifically in one of those group stage settings. You'd love <laughs> to hear about it. Yeah, that'd be awesome. And thank you for listening to my mostly rant about <laughs> my distaste for the plant industry. But I also mm. love plants. I do love plants a lot. I just right? I don't think we need to be paying for them. So it's look out, out for control. Lydia's Facebook group. Yeah. If you want plant to trade. start just trading plants, um, you can you can join her there and we can come yeah. together and resist capitalism and create a community that never has to pay for a house plant again. Hell so come yeah. on guys, we can do this. <laughs> and if you want to find us on Instagram we are there at very.unimportant.people. You can email us at hatersclickhere at gmail.com, which is H-A-T-R-S, clickhere at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter, um, and that's the unimportant PPL. Yes. And as you know, we, we are on TikTok. We somewhere. sure are. <laughs> we are on TikTok, and we post on TikTok. So We do, yeah. So find us. <laughs> And that's it for us this week. Have a great.